Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you can always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podco.co at p-o-d-g-o Thanks very much, guys, and let's get into the episode. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Understeer podcast. And today I'm delighted to welcome from all the way across the other side of the world, Josh Revel. Josh, how are you? Thanks for inviting me on. Oh, my pleasure. First of all, you know, just started to sort of get things going. So what sort of inspired you with what sort of what sort of piqued your interest with uh, motorsport when, when you first started watching? Well piqued my interest. Um not Entirely sure, really. I think with most people who love motorsport, it's just it's it's an amalgamation of different things. It's the sound, it's the sight, it's um, it's just the everything, the aura of the sport. Um, it all started when I got my first PlayStation console, and the game I the first game I ever got, and I still got it, um, was Formula One two thousand and one, and you know. Played that for a while, caught racing on TV, and it just sort of went from there. And pretty much um, from when, like, because time's always been a problem here in New Zealand since um, Grand Prix. Well, now they start at 1 a.m., but back then it was midnight. Yeah. Um, but been watching every Grand Prix live since 2011. <clears throat> Although the first Grand Prix I watched, I think it was 2003 German Grand Prix, so it's been, been a bit of a long sort of sluggish kind of <laughs> slog. It's sort of the pain pain of being a motorsport fan here in New Zealand, of course. <laughs> awesome! And do you sort of um, do you watch any other sort? Of, obviously, I'm assuming you watch Formula Two and Formula Three from your Twitter. Do you watch, hmm. do you do you watch any GT racing or? Uh, indie car or yep so um, obviously in our area of the world there's uh, the supercars series in Australia um, that's sort of a big part of the motoring culture here in Australasia you know Australia and New Zealand mm. um, I'm into the um, Japanese series of racing the Super GT and Super Formula because that's it's a unique series and they have a host of Incredible talent across the board. Vips. Um, IndyCar, obviously, because, I mean, IndyCar's awesome. Uh, and really, I'm into pretty much any, you know, racing, which is good, even if it's not quite my cup of tea, whether it's BTCC or um, World Endurance Championship. You know, it, it basically, basically anything I'm into. Mm. Um, but, of course... A lot of my interest is centered around Formula One and the feeder series that sort of, you know, are built around it. Awesome. Um, so maybe for anyone, obviously for all of my millions of subscribers um, out there, mentioning subscribers, 
Oh, I was looking at my subscriber. I don't know what you call it. It's a demographic. And apparently, 88% yeah. of people who watch my videos are not subscribed. That is, oh, dear. That is very bad. So go on, people. You know, that'd be a man. Go on. Subscribe to his channel. <laughs> exactly. We need to subscribe. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but um, what sort of... For anyone who probably... That everyone knows about your channel, I'm assuming, but that's kind of what goes on over on your channel. So, I mean, my, my channel is basically sort of a semi-satirical take on motorsport. The information's all there, but I think there's a lot of... I think the vast majority of what we take in from news and media outlets in motorsport, obviously it's very facts-based, very um, serious in tone. I wanted to bring out something which was entertaining to watch, you know, I, I suppose is one way to put it, really, just something that's digestible for the average consumer, whilst at the same time for aficionados and fanatics, they can still watch this and learn from it. Um, sort of that fine, fine line, fine balance. And it's obviously received a bit of, you know, um, a bit of attention for sure, but uh, yeah, definitely it's pretty much... Um, taken off a little bit I'm struggling a little bit with the uh, subscribers they're not quite going at the moment it's kind of stalled but nevertheless perilously close to that 100,000 subscriber mark which is you know insane especially in you know the sector of Formula One not a heck of a lot of people get to that stage so it's pretty pretty cool for sure that'd be awesome if you well I mean this depending on my editing Maybe coming around sort of Wednesday, Thursday. I'm not sure when you're planning to release your Scott Speed video. Around about the same time, yeah. I, I, for some reason, I tend to somehow release it in amongst a cluster of other, other, you know, other, um, you know, other content creators as mm. well. So I might get this one out. It'll probably be around that time too. I might get this one out a little bit earlier. It is a podcast, so I don't really need to do uh, much editing, which is always nice. But mentioning uh, editing, I'm not sure everyone who watches your um, videos like appreciates sort of how much work goes into. That. Can you describe sort of how much work you put into like just a video? Yeah, so I guess we could start from the bottom up. I mean, I've I've described how these video, how long these videos tend to take on other on other um, podcasts and so forth. But I think might as well just break it down from the very start here. So, obviously, you get to get an, you got to get an idea, you know. And for me, being a semi-satirical sort of um, person with how I, you know, get things across, my style of videos, it more lends itself to stories than it does reviews or previews. For me, I'm not really into the review review preview thing because there's a lot of great bloggers out there that can do that. What my strength is, is based on telling stories. So um, you find something that you want to do. You research and you script it, and that takes a day, two days at least, you know, especially since I want to get from many different resources and try and get it as factually accurate as possible. Then you run through it, you check it, you record the episode, you cut the audio down if it's 20 if it's 20 minutes long, that's going to take about four or five hours to 
cut out all the bloopers, trim it down so that it's sort of fast-paced action where it's just audio all the time. Um, once that's done, then you start the editing of the video. Um, once you get to the editing of the video, let's say it's a 20-minute video, which is what the Scott Speed episode is, you gather all the resources. Although, you, I've got to do it chronologically because you don't know when things are just going to spontaneously come, whether it's memes or whatever. Um, I mean, I've worked on <laughs> the video after the Grand Prix was finished, and that was five hours ago. I've been working nonstop, flat out. Oh, my. Just, just on the constructing the video. I'm sorry so to interrupt just, your in... productivity. Hey, sorry. sorry to interrupt your productivity. <laughs> Not at all. It's fine. Um, need a break every so often. Uh, now and again. <laughs> but, um, basically, uh, I think I started at the 11 minute mark in the video just in constructing it. You know, it's just putting in the video clips or sections of just white background when the animation's going to go in. Hmm. The animation's not there yet. It's literally just the background. Seriously. So it's literally just constructing all that stuff. I'm now up to 14 minutes, 32 seconds. So it's basically, you know, moving at a sloth's pace, you know, theoretically speaking. But, you know, it's getting all this sort of... um, all the materials, you know, and, and occasionally, you know, as w- I'll go back if and I'll, if I'm not feeling up to the job to continue constructing the video, I'll go back and edit what I can with what's already there, if you know what I mean. So putting in accreditation, transitions, um, filters, um, any animation that I can do, um, data, uh Oh, God, just just heaps of everything. So basically, you know, there's a reason why the WTF videos tend to take a couple of weeks to do because they just are (laughs) so full of everything, really. I mean, I struggle to get out videos that are five to six minutes long within a week. Um, It just takes – it's just a bastard. It takes a long time. So, again, general rule of thumb about – so 10 minutes of video takes about 40 to 50 hours worth of work, and that's excluding the scripting and excluding the audio. So it's an extremely long process. Um, but, I mean, trust me, if, if I could get them out a lot faster, you know, I would, because there's just a lot of stories I'd love to be telling. It's, yeah, but it's, I mean, obviously it, it comes off with the... Um, amount of views that you get thoroughly deserved and the amount of effort you put in like a lot of the drivers I've interviewed um, that you're one of their favourite uh, you're their, probably their favourite motorsport channel so um, oh god I've said a bad president <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean like, again it's just down to you know it's offering something I mean uh, I, I don't want to sound cruel I don't want to sound like a dick but because I'm me I'm probably going to do that anyway <laughs> Now, it's about offering something that a lot of other channels don't, and that's something that I would implore for a lot of people out there who are just wondering, how do I break into the Formula 1 YouTube scene? Really, it's just about finding your niche, doing what you want, and I found mine by taking influence from a couple other channels, and then going on from there. Um, 
but you know it is pretty. I mean, like you're you're going to get studies really in in being a YouTuber where you're not going to want to do it. You know, like the the frustrating days. And I'm sure you've had them as well. Mm. Where you're just like, I'm not. I'm just Can't not be to bothered the job. to edit. Yeah, and it and it's not great for me. Literally, I cannot rest because <laughs> I need to work every day to make sure that a video goes out. Mm. Um, still, though, you know, it's it, it is something where you gotta obviously enjoy what you're doing, and I enjoy what I'm doing as well. I just wish I can produce videos twice as fast as all. So you know, when you get to that hundred k. Uh, Mark, then you maybe have editors, you know, working for editors who all want to edit your videos. You know, it's a difficult thing, really, because um, mm. I've had that already, well before the, you know, getting up to ninety-eight point six thousand subscribers. You know, well before that. Um, but again, where I talked about earlier, the reason I do this all chronologically is because spontaneously something will just come up in my mind where I come across a section of video where I'm just like, I can make something out of that. So, um, for instance, in the Ricardo Rossett video, I saw the footage of him crashing into the cars and just for whatever reason in my mind, they just pictured an explosion just to exaggerate the accident. Um, <laughs> But again, it, it, it's all just the spontaneous stuff. And again, that happened in the um, Scott Speed episode. You'll, you'll see what I mean. It's sort of around about the 12, 13-minute mark. Mm. But the thing is, is that that's something that goes on in my head, which is a scary place. Um, <laughs> and I'm not really sure that editors can necessarily replicate that, if you yeah. know what I mean. Um, if it was something a little bit more um, simple, let's say a... Uh, an interview, or uh, you know, a race preview one that has a little bit less, you know, a little bit less of a satirical take on it. Then Thought, yeah, potentially yeah. I can get an editor to come in because I wouldn't have to worry about them missing out on any potential um, Your things that I would put in there myself. It wouldn't look you like know? it would be it, from it yourself. What makes my videos mine? Yeah, exactly. And I thought talking about drivers. I, uh, obviously, mm. one of your first videos, kind of the. I mean, all of your videos have done really well, but um, obviously you had the Andrea Moda one, and then you mm. did that, and then you had like a kind of a year of, well, from your timeline. I'm not sure if you brought out any other videos. Uh, uh, no. So basically, it's it's a funny thing. I guess we can talk about how the channel began. Um, I was looking to do something actually a little bit more serious but if you, you watch that video and I, and I absolutely implore that you don't um, <laughs> it's why I'm remaking it link but, in the description um, sorry link in the description oh jeez <laughs> why have you got to do this to me <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, the point is is that um, I, I wanted to like, there was nothing on Andrea Moda. There was no video, no nothing. And I wanted to do some kind of video, so I decided to make it on that. I had record, I had video editing software, um, but with regard to microphone, what my microphone was, was a headset, <laughs> which is the equivalent of about five quid, which was broken in half. And then the microphone, 
was broken from the sort of oh, headset no. and was just dangling. So I was holding like a piece of microphone that was broken off from a broken <laughs> headset. <laughs> so, and I tried to bass boost the damn microphone to make me sound a little bit more, you know, nah, <laughs> just no. a little bit more grunty. And I just ended up sounding so horrible. And then I had the sort of this royalty free music, which I, I didn't know where to get it properly from at the time. And it's just awful. Um, and then since I made that Andrew Motor video, I've met both the drivers that were racing in that series, oh, in that wow. car rather. Um, you know, and with that and with what I know, now I can remake that. But the point is that I made it. No one really saw it. I mean, I think it got about a thousand views in well, a month, I think, whatever it was. Um, and then for whatever reason... Um, in about June last year, it just went viral, and <laughs> I, I was just like, okay, try and wa ride the gravy train a little bit, <laughs> and the first episode I was making was, um, actually, ironically, on UGE Day, um, but the file corrupted on the day I was going to upload. Oh, no. So I wanted to just get something out there. And I just randomly picked the uh, Zeltvig circuit yep. and uh, went from there. And then also the first video that sort of took off was on Dan Ticktum. I was going to talk about um, the Dan Ticktum one. Yeah. Has, have and you had any response from Dan Ticktum? Because, I mean, I presume he must have seen it, surely. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he came back to me. What does um, he say? I'll just sort of go on about the video just for a sec here. Yeah. So, um, the reason why it was labelled WTF happened to Dan Ticton was because it literally was my response. What what actually happened to the guy? Because he's a guy that had so much potential yeah. and now he's just gone. Yeah. Um, so, I made that and I summarised everything that he sort of did wrong. But also, with what I do with a lot of drivers, drivers here... I'll link credit where credit's due, but if they're underperforming or if there's anything going on like that, then I'll point it out, even if it's a bitter pill to swallow for a lot of people. Would you call it being a martyr? <laughs> but yeah, it was like I made I made that, and then he announced him his thing at Williams, and uh, someone shared the video on the WTF one. Facebook, and then that video exploded, and that was right around the time I was making the new Dan Tickton video, that released, and then it just started to roll from there, mm. and at 9am, um, after I released the new Dan Tickton video, I get a message, <laughs> Dan Tickton wants to send you a message, I'm like, oh god, no, <laughs> <laughs> what's this all about, and uh, what actually happened was that he said, basically, um, fair play, very good video. I know I've made life difficult for myself. Thanks for the well wishes. I'm just like, oh, okay, I didn't expect that. Because, mm. you know, drivers don't generally sort of respond to the videos too much. Tucky No Way shared my uh, video on him. Um, I'm still waiting for a response from Lance Stroll. Although I didn't necessarily... Imagine. Imagine the I scenes. I did take the first, but I have been mentioning that, you know, he's doing a little bit better, but his first three years were just kind of rough. But... The point is that Dan definitely 
I mean, he, he acknowledged what he did wrong, and that is something that not a lot of, not mm. just drivers, but people don't do. Bigger human, isn't it? Um, sorry? It's to kind of the, be the bigger man there, really. Yeah, I mean, I still think that he's, you know... <laughs> a bit of an idiot. You're not perfect, let's just say. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of... I think a lot of the hate sort of stems from the fact that there's this idea, there's this ideology that he's this egotistical maniac who's you know callous and got no compassion or anything like that. I think he is. I think he's. Um, I think he's. And I could say that because I've yeah. had interactions with him. Yeah. Um, he actually I'm seems more, right. I'm more in his corner. I'm, I'm a big supporter of him because he's got talent, and you know you want to see the big talent in the main game. Um. So you know, and I think you know when this when this is going to come out because we just seen the incident between himself and Roy Nassani oh, yeah. in uh, in Formula Two. Um, you know, it's remarkable. The day before, you know, you have Yuki Tsunoda and Nikita Mazepin through that corner, and Mazepin's given the penalty, and a lot of people concur. Yeah, that's fair enough because he forced Yuki off the track. Yeah, this. Exact same principle was applied in this case, and the ma- the vast majority say it's Dan Tictum's fault. Yeah. So it's amazing how fickle fans can be, but I think more so down to the perception of what Dan Tictum is. But I do think that, you know, while he has still got some things to sort out, we perhaps should not judge him that harshly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I so. I think that um, I think he's a lot better um than he was. I think he's I think he's bounced back quite well from obviously the disappointment of his Red Bull uh being dropped from uh Red Bull, you know, he could even be I mean uh, maybe if he the thing is about that is waiting till if Latifi has a 2-year contract, which I presume he does because his dad he does, yeah. Yeah. Then it's it probably would I probably down ticked him. He'd have to go s- because there's a bit of a risk of him spending way too much time in Formula 2. Um, Not necessarily. I think, you know, it's it's more a matter of how he performs at any stage. Any person that has any like, modicum of understanding of racing knows that some teams in the Junior Formula, it's a spec series, but some teams have bigger budgets than others. So we all know that the Prima outfits are well-funded. Yep. They've got a lot more so than any other team. Big factory. Right, right now, yeah, in, in, in Formula 3, there's no question that um, <laughs> Prima are better than Haru's, you know, because <laughs> you have a look at people like Igor Fraga and Roman Stanek. They should not be down the back of the field. Yeah. Right? I, I don't I don't care who you are, like anybody that's watched Junior Formula and, and seen those And Ina Mahmed as well. Ina Mahmed's a very good driver. He's gone now. but he... Exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, it's it's a spec series, yes, but I think, really, at the end of the day, you should still be comparing to um, one's teammate. Mm. And Dan's definitely done well against all his teammates, you know? So if you've got someone that's coming through the ranks who's doing well against all his teammates, and that's something where you're just like, okay, well, look at this guy and see what he can do. But, yeah, so, um, really, at the end of the day, um, what's important is that he's, you know, Ever improving, ever conscious of um, himself. Doesn't take himself too seriously either, if you have a look at some of his comments. So it'll be good to see where he goes from here on. Mm. I think mentioning Formula 3, um, one driver that actually has really impressed me this year in Formula 3, I hadn't really um, 
I hadn't, to be perfectly honest, so he might have had a really good uh, junior career before going up to Formula 3, but was Alex Peroni, because I hadn't really seen too much of him, and I think he's been, he's obviously had a, a couple of poor rounds, but I actually think mm. he's done a really good job, especially in that campus, obviously his two teammates, well, I don't know, who's who did who replaced Flush? Um, Andrea Sesta. Oh, right, but... Um, he's, he's not too bad, but again, uh, yeah... I think there's a lot of drivers, really. They'll just get lost in the mould, I think. If you look at that Formula 3 grid, it's a little bit easier to tell out the... You know, to tell apart the ultra-talented ones to the ones that are, like, yeah. Mm. Okay, you, you're just making up the grid. And there's one particular Formula 3 driver. Yes, uh, here we go. You know, um, part of the same team as Peroni. Yep. Who, by the way, is not a bad driver. It's just, I was, I'm, to be honest, a bit surprised that he's... In Formula been 3. as much of a trailblazer this year as what uh, he has been. But, you know, again, we don't know if it's that um, or whether or not his teammates are a little bit questionable, <laughs> shall we say? Well, if you... He's actually... If you look at his... Well, Alessio Deleda, obviously. We all know who we're talking about here. Um, if we look at his racing record, so he he never actually competed in any karting at all, and somehow went straight into the Italian F4 Championship, um, which he did 20 races, and he didn't score any points, he came 39th, and then from coming 39th, right, he then got into the Formula 3 Championship last year, where he did 16 races and no points. Uh, 29th for this time then he also did last year two races in the Euro Formula Open Winter Series never heard of that uh, two, two races he got 6 points and he came 9th uh, he, he came 25th in Macau and then he did also some of the Formula Renault Euro Cup and did 11 races no points uh, 24th and then over the I don't know when, 2019 through 20 so apparently racing through the winter in Asia which is a little bit worrying uh, with high tech, um, 15 races, and he got 21 points, uh, and then 15th, and then he's always started uh, the Formula 3 Championship this year, he's done 14 races, no points, and is currently sitting in 32nd, and all he's doing is bringing out a safety car, or a red flag, virtually every session. Hmm. Yeah, he's an interesting case, you know, you have a look at someone like Mahavir Ragunathan, um, I've actually found out how he got... His funding for Formula 2. Was he um, selling drugs? No. But let's just say it wasn't the most legal of things. <laughs> Not on his part, but yeah, again. Something to do with his mother, was it? No, no, no. Uh, I, I can't really disclose it. I said that I wouldn't, but basically, like... Just we can say it, it, Let's just say it makes sense now. Um, <laughs> but the point is, is that he's not necessarily rich. The Ragunathan family's not really that rich. Deleta, however, is... I've got a feeling he's one of these kids that can live three lifetimes and he <laughs> would never have to work a day in his life. Yeah. Um, you could see that really from his sort of social media. You know, I guess he's sort of doing this because he's maybe a bit bored. Um, he seems he does seem like a guy who would ride his ATV into the rooftop pool just because he wanted to get there a little faster, you know? Um, so, really, 
then that's fine. If you want to go racing when you've got a lot of money, I mean, who's stopping you? I mean, everyone who's in racing has got a lot of money. The difference is this, however. Lance Stroll, for example, has got a lot of money. Like, he splashed 15, 16 million euros in Formula 3 from 2015 to 2016. Hell, there's a story of him when he came to New Zealand for the, for the series, for the five-week series, his Lawrence bought an RV quarter of a million dollar RV and when he found out how much it was going to cost to ship back to Europe or in North America or whatever it was he's like ah screw it so he just drove it to the airport and left it there to rot seriously sell it a quarter of a million so just blatant use of money but the thing is this for however much money Lance and Lawrence have in the game and for however long it took Lance to get his head in the game, you know, the first three years where it was just like, oh, whatever, like, you know, you're okay, but, you know. <laughs> he's now showing that he's a damn good driver, but he's just one of the bunch. You take someone like Alessio Delita, who's got a lot of money too, and he's nowhere, you know, because he literally doesn't have that talent, you know. And what's scary is this. He's going to be in Formula 2 next year. And people will say, oh, they won't dare do that. Here's the problem. So a lot of those Formula 2 teams are going to be needing money. Not wanting, needing yeah, money. Yeah, true. That's why you have the likes of Sam Meyer in the championship. Um, oh, yeah, Sam Meyer. But, but the problem is, is that a lot, of, uh, a lot of the kids that drive through, you know, they're reliant on companies either affiliated with their family or whatever have you but again with the letter i think it's more down to personal wealth than mm. anything else so that is a bit of a bottomless pit and therefore he'll have the resources to go to campos or whoever and say here's eight million euros that's four million more than you need but here you go just <laughs> you know that, yeah so it is frightening that the prospect of him getting into formula two next year but it's something that i'm expecting and that's why I'm holding off on a video about him. Now, people say, why do you do a video on him? It's like, just wait. Until Till he gets to Formula 2. Because I was because thinking about... Sorry to interrupt. I've been... I, I, I miss you. you probably haven't heard of my channel before I uh, reached out to you. Um, but I do some videos. I try. Well, basically what I try and do... I obviously have the weekly um, podcast or thereabouts. And then sort of the main series sort of come in... Um, is the who the hell is videos for me? Um, my mm. I did one on Corinne Chan talk. That's almost at a thousand views, which is and then oh, good stuff, man. Oh yeah. Apart from, I mean, I got seventeen likes and seventeen dislikes because I got a load of Indian people who were or yeah, you're gonna get that, man. Like it just, just again, like this is the thing that's sort of part and parcel. I'm just, I'm just numb to it really at this stage. Obviously, you know whether it's. Indonesian fans uh, through Sean Galil, or it's Canadian fans through Lance Stroll, or it's uh, no fans through um, uh, who, again, who, who has who has no fans that I can really take uh, take the piss out of. I'm not that mean, but the point is that um, you're going to get those people, obviously, who um, who you know just absolutely rip you apart for the fact that you're against. Or the vague idea that you may be criticising mm. someone's favourite driver. 
Well, the thing is, um, right, some of this stuff I got accused of, right, this person um, accused me of being racist for calling Corinne Chantok a good pundit, because apparently a, huh? a pundit apparently means a high priest in India or something, but how is I meant to know that, and how is that racist? Oh, you should know, man. <laughs> the blame's really at the feet of you. The research I don't care if you don't know Indian culture, it's still your fault. <laughs> Nah, that, that get, it's just, again, part and parcel of really just everything that you got to sort of stomach mm. as a content creator. Now, uh, before I was, like, looking at those comments just going, oh, what the hell does you know this? No, like, yeah, I was just like, what, what, what is this? Now, I just look at them like, yeah, all right, whatever. Mm. How's your YouTube channel going, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> at, the end of the, at the end of the day, really, you're the one creating the content. you got to follow him. However big, big or small it is. Yeah. Um, well, pushing for a lot of people that create. A lot of people that do this. Uh, all those comments are really just not worth your time. Mm. I think that's really with, with or without a YouTube channel or any following or whatever. Um, you know, most. I think a lot of people really can go through something like that pretty civilly, and you know, not being such a manus about it, but. It you doesn't know, bother me, it's just uh, I was so confused the, uh, why they were I was just so confused, like, um, why they would do that. Like, some of the stuff just on, um, on YouTube, uh, confuses me, because the who the hell is Corinne Chantok one, right? I put in, hmm. I put in, like, I'd say, I think I did that video in a, in a day. And then hmm. com compare that to, um, the second one, I did, who the hell is Robert Kabitza? And bear in mind, this one did get claimed, though. Um, and I put in a lot more effort into that, like a couple of days, that's still nothing compared to you. Um, and that's, well, it's still good for me, but like 77 compared to what this one is on, like, I think 980 or something. It's mm. just funny. But there's all stuff, well, I mean, I've kind of got a lot of the, my videos sort of ready. I'm doing one on, I'm not sure if you, because I haven't seen it covered that much. Uh, Ras Cascade, uh, Schumacher, two thousand and five. Yeah, of course, two thousand six. That yeah, that's was a um, little bit blatant. Mm. Um, <laughs> Stopping... Anybody that sort of thinks, oh, it was just a genuine mistake. Yeah, and yep. <laughs> okay. And and William's story is a um, reliable, upstanding man. Mm, <laughs> I see some of his Twitter with him like buying Sunderland, and him keeps going on about how there's no such thing as the coronavirus. And every time he says there's no such... Oh, he does acknowledge that it is, but he just won't acknowledge that there's a pandemic. Mm, you know, um, <laughs> I said to him... And, you know, it's, it's one of two other things that he chronically denies, which absolutely, apparently, does, uh, does exist. The fact there's a pandemic, and that there's crabs in his beard. <laughs> crabs in his beard. No, every time I... I'm an absolute arsehole, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> every time I see... Um... Every time he tweets something about it, all I just put is, I just put, the cure is rich energy. <laughs> I've actually had some of that. Well, I've, I've still got the can up there. Um, Did you survive? Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm a, uh, I'm a energy drinks connoisseur because, you know, I live such a really <laughs> congested lifestyle. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I just work, 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 and occasionally I'll get some, get some sleep because I need it. And, you know, it's just something I need to get out of the way so I can get back to work. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a lot of coffee, a lot of 
energy drinks. It's not good for my health. I'm definitely losing years of my life. But I mean, hey, only live once. It's the only way I can get through it, you know. And so, you know, I have a lot of this stuff. I know a lot of Red Bull and blah blah blah. And I heard a lot of people saying, "Oh, it's, t- it's just Red Bull." I was like, "Well, you're not saying it tastes like Red Bull. You're saying it is Red Bull. Yeah. That's that's unique." So I got that, um, and I saved it until New Year's Eve because you know special occasion. Hmm. Cracked it open, and I mean, I I know how these things smell. As soon as I come out of the can, they smell awful. But yeah. you know, cracked it open. The rich energy. One sniff, I'm like. That's Red Bull. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, just, I just knew the smell. Wow. Like, that's straight up Red Bull. Tasted it, and it tasted like Red Bull with a little bit less sugar. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a strange, strange company. Yeah. Know, they say it's a British company, despite the fact the drink is made in Austria and that the company itself is based in Croatia. But, you know. And, and William's story is, you know, constantly moving about with his global empire. Domination of rich energy. Absolutely, sponsoring um, the rich. sponsoring you know um, Slavic uh, um, bare knuckle boxing <laughs> fights. Um, adding uh, adding a lot adding to that uh, sponsorship lineup with the other sponsors, which are manufacturers of anoraks and blow up dolls. But you know, illustrious lineup for them. Oh my! You know, and and. So, obviously, um, on our website, we have um, a previous guest, uh, Gus Bowers, who drives in the uh, British GT4, who writes, who writes blogs and stuff on there. And um, he, Rich Energy have a motorcycle team called Rich Energy OMG Racing. And they, yeah. and they have, and he was in Donington, where they were also racing the same weekend. And uh, he, came across, he came across the Rich Club. Which was a uh, William story, <laughs> yeah. The rich club just handing out rich energy. Um, but it's an interesting, interesting one. And then the other videos I'm looking to do is who the hell is Italian Jesus, as you might know him, uh, <laughs> Giovinazzi. Oh, man. Um, another one is it's funny because you did a Sean Galile video. And I was watching that, yeah. and because I'd researched the Giovinazzi thing, it's so funny how, and the, and the amount of stats from that, I'd also seen because their their careers are so intertwined with the they were racing and even like endurance racing all the way from karts to um to junior formula, um you know endurance series you know they they're, they're friends for life I yeah. suppose really yeah. at the end of the day <laughs> and and um, other ones are like I think why Renault should have signed Pierre Gasly. That's one mm. I'm doing. Cause I actually think that they should sign him, and they probably will end up signing him. Cause I, yeah, obviously, I actually record. I just have that one, just ready to go when I sort of feel like it. Cause I actually recorded a lot of the, before the sort of hype around Gasly started um, appearing, mm. and then I got like another one, which is uh, the worst driver from every year since 1990. Oh boy! <laughs> and then you're in for a real, real tough competition in those early '90s. Some of the drivers in the early '90s were god awful. Yeah, uh, I... <laughs> Giovanna Amati, Giovanni Lavaggi, Taki Inoue, John Denis Delatrez. There was one guy called uh, Bertrand Gachot who failed to uh, who failed to he's qualify. Video, mate. Is he actually? 
He's yeah, like the first uh, one. Uh, because the story around him. He won Le Mans. Like, how could you not? Like, that's a hell of a story. Yeah. You know? And he, he literally didn't qualify. Changed the history of Formula One forever. <laughs> he didn't qualify for literally pretty much every race in the whole year. Well, to, to be honest, though, he was driving for <laughs> Cologne at one time when they tried a Subaru engine, which. That Subaru engine ran on rat poison and was just the most god-awful <laughs> car in the history of humankind. But Gasho was actually pretty well-respected. He won the match. He... Do you know what happened to him before the Belgian Grand Prix in 1991? Uh, um, no, I, I just was looking at his stats. No. Uh, okay, I'll give you a bit of a history lesson, okay, here? So, 1991, uh, yes. Jordan Grand Prix, break into the Formula 1 scene. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yep. So... Um, they say Eddie Jordan signed Andrew Chesaris, who was known for crashing into <laughs> the car, um, and Bertrand Gachot because Bertrand was highly respected. You know, he actually won that year's 24 hour Le Mans. Mm. Um, so he was a good driver, he was just always in shitty machinery. Yeah, pretty and much. And then, sorry, sorry about swearing. You can, you can say what's permitted on this. You are allowed to oh, say yeah, what you great. <laughs> so, anyway, um, <clears throat> Before the Belgian Grand Prix, which he said, when we get to Belgium, the car's going to fly. <laughs> but before he went there, he had to go to London to go to court. Oh, no. Because <laughs> later, 11th of December, 2000, sorry, 11th, 11th of December, 1990, he was involved in a punching fight. Uh, no, not punch, punching fight. What is that? No, he sprayed... A taxi driver in the <laughs> face with some mace, oh my hit the gosh. can in a toilet, got arrested by the fuck. I did actually read and, about this. Mm, and so he, he said, oh, it's self-defense, you know, I'll probably get a fine or whatever, that's fine. <laughs> Went to court, 18 years in prison. <laughs> well, 18 months, sorry. Um, I was, was going to say 18 years, are you... Uh... 18 years in prison for springs and mace. Was he, uh, no I mean... Ameri no American would be free if that was... He was in, he was in uh, Russia, so he might have been in Russia, so that might have been understandable. Well, not Russia, London. <laughs> depending upon what, depending <laughs> upon what area of London you are, it is kind of the same deal. Um, God, I missed that city. But the point is, is that, as a result of that, um, Eddie Jordan needed a new driver. For that weekend's Grand Prix, <laughs> you know, one yeah. week away from the Belgian Grand Prix, he needed a new driver. <laughs> he was, he said, um, you know, uh, Stefan Johansson, I need you for the driver, you know. And um, what are we going to do? When, when Stefan Johansson said, "Okay, you got to pay me to race," Eddie Jordan said, "Okay, well, bugger you then, go away." <laughs> um, but Mercedes wanted their young driver in the seat who was Michael Schumacher. Mm. And so they said, okay, how much are you going to offer the team? $150,000 for this race. And Eddie Jordan had the biggest direction in the world, and he <laughs> said, absolutely, come on board. And he actually signed for the remainder of the year, ironically. Um, so that was signed. Um, Michael and... and <laughs> Eddie actually also asked the question of how much experience does Michael have around this track? And his manager, Willie, we Willie Weber, said, oh, he's done about 100 laps around here. There's just one problem about that. Michael had never driven that circuit in his life. <laughs> 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 
Wow. So he had to drive a Formula One car for the first time on a track he had never driven before. Um, and the car was and he awful. Actually, he pedaled around the circuit on a car because Andrea Cesaris didn't want to drive him around the circuit to show him. Because <laughs> he would have so, ended up in the barriers. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> even though it was a road car. you know. <laughs> but So Michael Schumacher pedaled on a fold-out bike, which has got s- small wheels, mm. several laps. <laughs> Pedaling a mini bike up a rouge. That would be impossible. <laughs> Get back down though, Rouge. Mm. And he stayed over the weekend, he stayed in the youth hostel where the bog was in the middle of the room. Oh my. So in the middle. It's just all of this stuff. And then they get to and obviously the weekend happened. You know, we all know how well Schumacher did in his first weekend. Um and I don't know if many people actually know about how he got in with Benetton, but um, three hours before free practice one, I think it was, at the Italian Grand Prix, which was the week, which was two weekends after the Belgian Grand Prix, he signed a deal with Benetton and raced uh, that morning. Literally in the oh my. that morning, he changed teams, changed overalls. Went into that car and beat Nelson Piquet. That sounds a bit like. Uh, that sounds a bit like. Have you heard of the game Motorsport Manager? Ah, uh, heard of it. I haven't got it. Well, yeah, that sounds a bit like that. I'm not sure if you have ever seen uh, the F1 Fanatics live streams of it. Oh, no, I, do, I do go on and hijack the hijack the. Well, I do see. Uh, off mic, but. <laughs> I do see. It, it's always that. I what I do is I just always put trolley. Um, trolley, troll like comments um, down below, yeah. and each time all I get is another classic Fergus troll. Um, <laughs> each time, well, that's all I. No satisfaction uh, from that one. I thought we'd talk about talking about trolls. Uh, yeah. Your Mahavir Rangan, uh, Rang, Ragun. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the one. There you go. You're probably without uh, sounding like too much of a, a suck up. Um, my favorite, no. probably one of my favorite <laughs> videos on uh, YouTube. Um, my favorite part of the video is um, the Monaco sprint race. Um, yeah. when when it's like, and he had a great start, blah blah blah, blah blah blah, and then like yeah. Rikunov <laughs> just comes so that's so fun. I've seen that. I've watched that video about four times. I can't lie. Oh, just walk over the first. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but there, there was a happy accident that. Um, there was at a time where I was sort of looking for new royalty-free content, uh, free sorry music, mm. and I found this track by Kevin McLeod called "Take a Chance," and it, it sounded like Superman music. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, I've got to use this for something. And about that time, I was, I had the uh, sprint race um, footage. <laughs> And I played it over there. I was just like, this is just the the, the biggest piss take ever. Yeah. But, again, it, it's more like, because me and Floris from the Feeder series, we're calling him Lord Mahavir because we because I attached the Lord name onto a driver who is bad to a point mm. where they exceed, like, the average uh, driver. Like, uh, you're a... You're a very good drivers and they're good drivers. Then average ones, then bad ones, and then there are just ones that are just so bad. Like I'm now attached it to Alessio De Leda. You know, you've, the Lord, uh, you know, Lord De Leda. You've have so, you have you um because 
a lot of the like the F1 drivers even use Lord Mahavir. So presumably yeah, they must Charles have seen. Did that. That's the crowning jewel of my life. You, they <laughs> must have. He must have seen your. Has he seen your video then, Charles Leclerc? Oh no, no idea. And that, that was. You know, I think the, the the difficult thing though, I think for some drivers is that. Um. It's easy for me to do this stuff because I don't know them. Yeah, but it's, it's I'm not doing this to purposely mock um, Mahavir the person. Obviously, yeah. it's more just down to sort of his the thing, career things in motorsport. You got to learn to laugh at them a little bit. Yeah, and um, but again, the Lord thing is not down. Uh, I remember someone saying, "Why are you mocking his appearance?" It's like I'm not mocking his appearance. I'm just <laughs> taking the piss out of his really bad driving. Um, <laughs> And again, the Lord thing is attached to that. So, you know, it really is an amalgamation of things made that video what it was. It still is highly regarded, obviously. I think that, um, well, obviously, the Charles Leclerc and Mahavir Ranganathan have, um, actually, they've got some history from their junior career. And also, mm. I'm not sure, have you seen the video? Uh, if you haven't, I, I, would just, I recommend watching it again, even if you have. On the Veloce um, channel with the highlights, the onboard highlights, uh, the best mm. bits of the, not the GP Baku, because some of the stuff with Charles Leclerc is clearly taking the piss with um, Mahavir, and mm. it's like on the street in Baku, um, for some reason in practice, Mahavir was going 30 miles an hour down the street on the racing line. And um, mm. Charles Leclerc then started following Mahavir at the same time. And then and then Lando mm. was like, oh, what are you doing there? And they were like, and Charles was like, oh, we're both warming the engine. And then the funniest thing was they came round and down the street and then Mahavir came round the outside and started passing Charles Leclerc on the outside. And then, and then he passed him and he got past him slightly and then cut across him and then, Charles Le and then took off Charles Leclerc's front wing and he had to pit. Mm. Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah, I mean, it, it is sort of like, you know, it, I think he, even he highlighted really <laughs> a, a lot of drivers that I've seen um, are conscious of the fact that his driving wasn't the best. <laughs> I think, yeah. And obviously you have to maintain that image of, you know, don't don't be a don't be a dick. I I've got a passport for being a dick because I'm a nobody. <laughs> but um, you know, there's that, and also the fact that these drivers know each other. Obviously, mm. um, I I don't. I mean, I'm obviously I I got no intention of mocking the real bloke. You know, um, I would I wish Mahavi nothing but the best. But at the end of the day, I I, I said it in that video. No, I'm far more concerned about the talented drivers. Yeah, you know, um, and with the with the great yeah, and like with the greatest of respect, Mahavi is just not there. Mm. But not everyone's there. You know? Talking about the uh, talented drivers, sort of, um, mm. I think we talk a bit about the Red Bull seat because coming into this year, obviously we see yeah. Albon. He's probably looking like I think that he Red Bull have, are going to try and stick with him for the time being anyway, unless he does god awfully. Um, but I think that he'll stay, but I think it's looking increasingly more likely that, uh, Daniel Kvyat is going to be replaced by Yuki Tsunoda, um, in the Alpha Tauri seat. I'm not sure, I'm not sure what your opinion on that one is. Okay, so there's a few things to sort of go through there. And again, before I say all of this, this is just my opinion. 
It's not fact. Don't worry. If you've got a different opinion to that, that is totally fine. Don't worry. No one don't, gets this far don't anyway. Don't be your mamas about it, okay? <laughs> no so one gets this we far. Go. We'll start from the top. <laughs> no one gets okay. this far, so you're fine. I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with Albon. Um, I think his qualifying performances is not good enough. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I reckon Verstappen to be like... He is this generation's center in a lot of regards. Yeah, you know, and people will scoff at that. I just there's a lot of areas where he fits that mold, yep. in my opinion. And so when well. you have a talent like that, obviously it's going to be tricky to surmount that for anybody. Um, Red Bull got a problem here. Um, now I've heard some people say there's so many talented drivers in the Red Bull Junior program. No, there are not. There, there are not. Um, <laughs> you have a look at who's in there. Jihan Derubala, I'm really sorry, but <laughs> he's not performing well enough this year. Yuki Tsunoda is definitely doing very good. He's got some very good pace on board. However, I'm worried about his consistency. Yeah. Much like I was worried about Gasly's consistency uh. when he went to Formula 1. It's just like, yeah, Gasly's fast. It's just... He's, he? he either wins races or he spins off and crashes. <laughs> it was either one or the other. And Yuki has a kind of the same thing going on. Not too much crashing, but it's just like he's either doing really well or he's sort of in the middle of nowhere. Um, so I'm worried about that. Um, Liam Lawson. I think he's doing well, but he's I think he crumples a little bit too easily. Jack you know, Doohan. Like, again, it's all just it's all just opinions. Jack Doohan, oh, screw him. Um, <laughs> you know. I, I, no, I, I don't see too much in him, personally. Um, Dennis Hauger's been disappointing this year. Ewell Fraga is severely let down by Haru's, who are horrible. But, you know, it's funny. Vips. Because I was, I, I was here watching the... Um, uh, Toyota Racing Series, and you know, there, there were three Red Bull Juniors here Sonoda, Lawson, Fraga. Sonoda was nowhere. Lawson was obviously up the front quite a bit. Yeah. But Fraga, there were some races where he just walked away. Like it was <laughs> it was a joke, you know, how good he was doing. And then some of the other so, the other drivers, there's also this Wolfenbuchen. Jack Crawford, who's nowhere near. Um, Jack Crawford, he's in Formula 4 and Italian F. What's. And then there's also Johnny Edgar as well. He's he's in ADAC mm. um, and Italian yeah. F4 as well. But the F4 championships, <laughs> you know, they're just there for now. You know, they're not going to get into Formula 1 yet. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Yuri Vips, who I do not understand what they tried pulling by putting him to Super Formula. But obviously, you know... Same with Tictum, I suppose. It is... Sorry? Same with what they tried to do with Dan oh, yeah. Tictum. Yes, um, but you know, Super Formula is a lot trickier than what a lot of people think it is. It's got some incredibly talented individuals in that series, so you know, it's not a case of going there and you know win all the stuff because the circuits are a lot harder. The competition is arguably harder. You know, it's not an easy championship. Um, but, yeah, so Vips, I think, is Formula One worthy. Tsunoda is. He just needs to get his consistency in check a little bit. Lawson, I think I need to see him in Formula Two with mm. a decent team. I think <laughs> high tech. 
high high tech are either really bad this year, or Halga does not deserve to be in that Red Bull Junior seat. Either one or the other. Jack Dillon, screw him. <laughs> just, yeah, I'm, re- I'm really, really sorry for uh, Jack Dillon, but I just yeah, again, I'm just not seeing a lot from him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. Um, the junior team is sort of not beaming with as much talent. There's Sergio Setakamara, but I don't know. Like Marco's made some strange decisions uh, lately, where he's bought he's bought in some drivers. Where it's like like oh, Pato oh. Award last year, like he came from nowhere and then he was yeah. dropped straight straight away. <laughs> now he's exactly. an Indy car. Exactly. So it's very strange decisions. Not to say that Kamara's a bad driver because he's not. Not at all. It's just more like. Why did you get him? It's like um, uh-huh. like this would be a good WTF happened to Antonio Fuoco. What the? Where has he gone? Because he was like the hot shot Italian sort of uh, driver um, in yeah, and Formula then Two. Got rid of him once Leclerc absolutely buried him in Formula Two. Unfortunately, that's just the way it goes. You know, like um. I mean, I remembered him in Formula 2, of course, but it was just like he just got absolutely caned in that series. And, of course, Ferrari looked at Fuoco, so was like, well, why do we need you then? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it's really a case of you just got to perform, and that brings us full circle to Alexander Elbon. Um, Ga- here's the thing. People are talking about bring Gasly in now. No, it's to, like, yeah. The, they they needed they needed to replace Gasly in the middle of last year because Gasly's performances were terrible, and um, he was getting lapsed by his teammate. He wasn't going for passes. His you know his confidence was going down the spot. It was so bad. It was just horrible. It was really painful to see. So going back to um, a less prominent position was perhaps what was what was needed. Yeah. Um, I personally think they should have brought in Daniel Kvyat instead of Alexander Albon. But you know, like Red Bull being Red Bull. Um, but you know, with Albon right now, yeah, he's not doing great at all. But nowhere near as what no near, near as what bad as what uh, Gasly. I'm having a stroke. What the hell's going on? Um, <laughs> nowhere near as what. Um, nowhere near as bad as what <laughs> Gasly was going through. Yeah. Um, last year, and that's the sort of contrast. It's like, you know, just yeah. Again, people saying Albon is severely underperforming. Perhaps, perhaps in qualifying trim. That may be the case. I mean, not perhaps a qualifying trim. He is. You know, four tenths behind is too much. Um, and the races, he's got decent race pace, I think. You know, decent, not great. Um, he's brave. He'll make those moves. There's a lot of gaps for him to fill. Now, I reckon we should give him until the end of the year. We should give all drivers until the end of the year. But obviously, as it stands right now, it's not good because you've got Gasly in that Alpha Tauri seat who's doing wonders. Mm-hmm. The question I have, though, is can he replicate it in a Red Bull? Because we've seen this before. You know, we've seen these amazing results from Gasly in the Toro Rosso, and then they bring him into Red Bull and he can't do it. 
and I'm sure things have changed, but it's one of those things where Rebel need to stick with Albon now and let the year ride out, see where they are at the end of the year, and if Gasly's still performing well, and if Albon's not up to Max's level, then change him. Yeah. But um, swapping them around mid-season is what got them into the mess in the first place. <laughs> so they can't continue to do it again. So, yeah. Well, do I think Albon is going to improve to the level which is required by the end of the year? No. Ooh. But the problem is can anybody do that? Yeah, true. Because this is Max Verstappen we're talking about here. Mm. So what is required here? Harsh you know, words also what, from what Hamilton. Are you expecting Red, what, <clears throat> what are you expecting this Red Bull driver to do? Is it to match Max Verstappen's pace? If that's the case, who can do it? Mm. Um, let's think here. Um, the ones that can will never go to Red Bull because Red Bull are going to build the car around Max Verstappen. So you therefore need a suitable number two driver. So who can you get in there, really? You basically need to feed it out of the Red Bull Academy. In this case, the only two suitable candidates for that role is Alexander Albon, Pierre Gasly. You choose between one of those two. I've heard people say, bring in Sergio Perez and bring in whoever. Not what they're going to be wanting, of course. Yep. They'll definitely be close to Verstappen, but they won't be beating him on a constant basis or anything like that, I do not think. Again, I think Verstappen's gotten himself to a point really at the moment where he's arguably the best driver on the grid, just with what he's been able to achieve with what he's got. Um, not to take anything away from Hamilton, because Hamilton is just one of the greatest drivers to have ever walked the planet Earth. But, you know, having, having said that, <laughs> I think Max should be linked kudos for what he's achieving in that thing. Yeah. He's doing... Uh... Speaking of which, Volpity bolts us. Um, thank God he's signed a contract already. <laughs> if I were the Mercedes um, team boss, I would say enjoy your time in this Mercedes right now because it's the last year you're driving it. <laughs> exactly. He's... He's right. just offering nothing at the moment. Such a pity. So I'm going to quickly, I think, um, before we get on to the quiz, I thought mm -hmm. we were talking about Red Bull Driver Academy. I thought I'd name, look at the Wikipedia page. I thought I'd look at some of the um, the former drivers of the Red Bull Academy mm -hmm. and tell me how many of these you've heard of, right? So the first one, 2006, Sergei Afanasiev. Have you heard of him? Sir Guy, um, yeah, I definitely heard of. I've been through that list before. Um, like, am I familiar with what he did? Not really. <laughs> he was in. Name, he just was in the. Um, he all he did was t one year, and he did Renault two point Formula Renault two point mm. No, that's sort of. And then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, you've heard um you've heard of Albuquerque, Philippe Albuquerque. Philippe Albuquerque, yep. Uh, Very good driver. Mikel Alation. Um, he. Mikel Alation, yep. Yep. Uh, Michael uh, Amamula. Michael Amamula, Hammermula. 
<laughs> did very, very well in A1GP despite punting off half the field and then he won 3,000 Porsche titles. So he's, uh, he's the fastest computer nerd in the world. <laughs> Nathan and, and Tunes. Nathan Antunes, yeah. yeah, Australian. I don't know why they signed him. He's a he's an odd he's an odd ball. Luke, Good GT driver, but uh, Lucas he didn't, Lucas Hour. He didn't really scream source in open wheelers. So. Yeah, true. Lucas Hour. He's interesting. The nephew of Gerhard Berger. I know that. Yeah. Um, that was he was actually signed last year. That was last year he was there. But he's been dropped. Um, yeah. Um, he, he's again not not a bad cat. When it comes to driving, but I don't know, sort of one of those meh drivers, you know, you're a good driver, but totally amazing. This guy doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Oh, God. To speed things up, because this is a very long list, and yeah. we'll probably be here all night if we uh, discuss everyone. <laughs> I'm going to name all the ones without a Wikipedia page and see how many of them you've heard of. Uh, P- Pedro Bianchini. Pedro Bianchini. Uh, <laughs> nah. Um, Don't know. Dominic Claysons. I'm butchering every Dominic single Dominic Claysons, yeah. Not really. <laughs> you just keep correcting me Not on really. every uh, pronunciation because I keep butchering them all. Um, Matt, Matt Yaskol or Jaskol. Matt Jaskol. Off that pronoun, not really, no. Raynard Koffler? Raynard Koffler? <laughs> no. Grant Mamon? Grant Maimon? Yeah, he was one of the, um, he was one of the winners of the 2002 Red Bull driver search they had in America. Um, he, oh. along with uh, Scott Speed, John Nelson, and uh, who was the other weirdo? <laughs> uh, he'll, he'll, his name will come across, so... Um, oh, we'll carry yeah. on, and it'll come we'll back. Um, Matthias Miller. <laughs> Matthias Miller. Mm, meh. Um, Joel Nelson. John Nelson. Uh, is it John Nelson? No, it's be. Jill. It's Jill. 2003. Oh, Joel Nelson. Okay. Yeah, um, t- it should be saying that he was signed in 2003. Yep, and he did yep. Euro Formula 3000 and British Formula 3 that year. Yep, yep. And he was one of those other drivers I mentioned as America, part of the American Red yeah. Bull thing. And then next one, Timu Nyman. Oh, crikey. Timo. <laughs> I'm going to get this list up. I don't know some of these names that you're spouting out here. <laughs> uh, you have to look up. at the Red Bull Junior team. Uh, nah, 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 nah. Ma- nah, I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, t- Timo Nyman. Nah, nah, I don't know. Callan uh, K- O'Keefe. K- yep, Callan O'Keefe. Cool guy. South African. Uh, very good kart racer. He just doesn't doesn't have the funds, really, which is a shame. But that's the way it is, I suppose. Um, uh, who's next? Martin Raginja. No, no, no. Um, I looked at things four years in the team. 
Why four not? years in the Red Bull team, you don't have a Wikipedia page. How rubbish have you got to be for that? <laughs> Two of those were spent in uh, karting, to be fair. Um, nah. Daniel TikTok. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Wasserman, I'm assuming, because Danish. Yeah, Wasserman. Yeah. Uh, no, let's just have a spell. One of the one of the original um, recruits. I do actually know that because that's when they were hiring all those Austrians. Um, yeah, he was one of those uh, early recruits, I believe. So, not much else to say other than that. Uh, shall we move on to the quiz? Go on, then. Yep, let's do that. So, um, oh, I actually, before we get onto the quiz, for some reason, um, I've got a couple of definitions of Josh from the Urban Dictionary if you want to hear them. Oh, I want to hear it. <laughs> That's all that was so weird, right? So the first one, probably your local drug dealer who deals drugs with his grandma, an all-around awesome guy. Josh is typically quiet at first, but once you get to know him, you'll find he has a great personality and great sense of humour. Once you find a Josh... <laughs> once you find a Josh, you'll love him forever. Joshes are also total savages at comebacks and rows. The weirdest person you'll ever meet. He may show yep, off. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I claim to that. <laughs> he may show off by waving dollar store lights in the air, but he knows how not what. But he knows how to not have a stroke when the last firework goes off. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Also, sometimes he gets tipsy. Hundred percent accurate. Would you say? Oh. With half of it, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the uh, grandma bit, I'm assuming. Uh, <laughs> pick from all that what you will, mate. <laughs> yeah. Right, so <laughs> the quiz, um, sort of, um, uh, I'm not sure if you've heard any of the episodes. Have you heard any of the episodes before? I don't really watch YouTube at all anymore, sorry. That's fine. Um, interestingly enough, I'm attracting uh, listeners from New Zealand um, on Spotify. Oh, good stuff. See, I'm you know getting it all the way over there. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, I sort of base them around. It's a ten question quiz. Um, if some of the scores of my interest, the highest is nine. Um, we've had oh, a couple geez. of high scores recently, and the lowest is three. Um, Oh boy! And then we've got drivers like James Pull. He got seven point five, and so did Ollie Caldwell. They might be two seven point five. Oh. Might be the score to aim for. Hmm. Good stuff. Awesome, right? So obviously based around your videos. So I think you should be able to do very well on this. Based around right, you. Let's do it. Right. How many Formula T podiums has the goat Sean Galile achieved? How many Formula Two podiums has Sean Galile achieved? That would be two. Dum 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 dum. Well, the answer is correct. Ah, oh, jeez. Well, actually, I've been on there for so long. I was <laughs> what did I get that wrong? Seriously. Actually, you might be wrong because according to Wikipedia, he's only scored one podium. Really? Because I remember he scored a podium in Austria in 2016, uh, whatever it was, Austria and at Monaco. So Right, so what year are we looking at? Right. So complete Formula 2 championship, so 2017. 
Naf. No, he's only got one. He's only got one podium. You were wrong. Only one in. No, hang on. No, 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 no. <laughs> Here no, we no, go. No. He's only got one in Monaco. Twenty eighteen, Prima. Um, let me get it here. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Wikipedia is wrong. Is Are it? we talking GP two and Formula two, or just Formula two from two thousand seventeen <laughs> onwards? I suppose we can count the GP two one, which would mean it's two because yeah. of the Red Bull Racing one. There we go. I count. I count it in the same. We'll give you the point. Bucket of fish. We'll there. give you the point. Um, how old is the Italian Jesus? Antonio Giovinazzi. I don't actually know this. Gosh. He's older than uh, 10. Eh? He's older than 10. <laughs> I kind of would have guessed that, yeah. <laughs> but how old would Antonio Giovinazzi be? Let's just... Um... He did a bit of stuff in 2012. Yes. Oh my gosh, he's he's in about eight years in racing so far. Oh, let's take this, let's take this, eight years, eight years in racing so far, at least <laughs> for racing cars. I'm going to have to push you. 25. Oh, he's 26. Damn it. <laughs> he might, all those young looks are deceiving for uh, Josh there, clearly. Oh, man. <laughs> so, I got something wrong. <laughs> how many followers on Twitch do you have to the nearest 10? 60. No. Oh, I'll, give you, I'll give you another go. How many followers on Twitch do I have to the nearest 10? Do you still... Did you just give up on streaming? I just haven't had time for it. <laughs> I've just been so focused on everything else. Oh. So I don't look. Um... <laughs> Oh, that's I'll be high. 70. 70? <laughs> if it's to the nearest 10, yeah. No, it's actually 160. What? Are there seriously that many people? Oh, my gosh. See, you're, you're, you're too modest there, Josh. No, it's just I haven't looked at it for <laughs> ages, so I wouldn't know. Right. So a multiple choice. Oh, a multiple choice question this time. Okay. How many race entries, or how many races has Alex Albon entered in Formula 1? Is it 32, 27, or 34? 32, 27, or 24? 34. Oh, 34. 27. Yes, that is correct. Clearly a fanboy is uh, Joshua... Uh, no, no, I just knew he debuted last year. You have 20 races, count seven from this year. There you go, 27. <laughs> just, there you go. Little it's crazy, yeah. How many races did Mahavir Ragunathan race for in GP3 for Karine and GP? 
Ross 2. Yep. Race 1, race 2 at the Barcelona round. Yep. Opening round of the 2016 season, I think yep. it was. Yep. Uh, that is correct. We're going for a good score here. We could be on for an 8 out of 10. Hmm. Where did... Watch this get botched. Uh, <laughs> oh, I've actually already given this answer away, so... Uh, oh, right. Thank you. Depends how many... Uh, how much you are paying attention to Alessio Delader's career stats. Oh, I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> um, where did Alessio Delader finish in last year's Formula 3 championship? We know he got no points, but whereabouts did he finish? I think I remember. 39th? No, it was 29th. 29th. Because the other one was 39th. Uh, uh, <laughs> what is the 8 out of 10 gone? Uh, still on for 7. You can't, you, if you go... Watch it go down to 6. <laughs> <laughs> go down to minus points by just getting minus points. I don't know how that would be possible, but... Um, Right, oh. this one should be fairly easy. I hope your channel analytics aren't up. Um, but to how many videos have you uploaded onto your channel according to YouTube? Do you know what? I don't know this either. Uh. <laughs> okay, let's think here. Oh my god! I just it's an exact number, isn't it? Yeah. You can't have point five videos. Uh, how many do I have? So the, uh, it all started with the um, with that Andrea Motor video, and that was sort of a you know like um, two years ago. Two years ago, exactly. And then I started doing stuff last year. I'll give you a clue. It's between. Yeah, go on then. It's between thirty-one and forty. Well, that narrows it down. Do you want a nine? Just. <laughs> I knew uh... you would be thinking about that number, so I just gave you a purposely unhelpful one. No, thank you for that. Oh no problem. <laughs> Any time. Between 31 and 40, four, 40, was it? Yep, yeah, 31 and 40. Uh, uh, 37? Oh, it was 38. Wow. Are we on four? Is it six out of ten? Are we on four or is it seven out of ten? We must say seven out of ten, isn't it? Six out of ten, yeah. No, it's seven. I'm pretty sure it's seven. It must be because you got the, you got the Galio one right. You got the Tony Giovinazzi one wrong. Yeah. Twitch one wrong. You got oh. yeah, it's seven. You're on course for seven. Oh no, you're on, no, you're on course for six because you got the Deleda one wrong, didn't you? Mm. <laughs> oh, just my mean quiz. Well, if you stay on six, then you'll have the same as Mike from F1 Fanatics. Oh, God. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, I can't lose to him. I can't lose to him. How many races did Andrea Moda enter? Ah, oh, jeez. Um, so this is the 1992... And that would have been like a 
15-16 race season. They were hauled up in Monza, <laughs> so they didn't compete in anything else from there. So um, this is going to enter, right? Not Yeah, because they only started one. Yeah. Um, he looks at his phone to uh, look up Andrea Moda. I'm honestly just looking at freaking these tweets that are coming in, eh? <laughs> like, because the phone just gets that freaking clouded. Plus, hey, Cubs won the game. Um, but. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, 13. It is 9. Really? They entered nine, but they only started one. <laughs> we've uh, on well. had a brilliant first lap, but we've uh, we've we've spread out. Um, going around the outside as Peter Windsor was going on about launching on for about oh, more yeah. than Daddy Warbucks doing <laughs> on about his old stories of Nigel Mansell <laughs> and Carlos Reutemann. <laughs> Who did Nick Cassidy test with last year in Formula E? Envision, Envision Virgin Race. Yes, correct. Right. Uh, yeah, I got a point. The final. To, if we can be on for this one, we get it right. Then um, we could be on for course for 5 out of 10. Hmm. Which is not bad. So in 2012, Maldonado qualified on pole and won the Spanish Grand Prix in Barcelona. But which mm -hmm. of these drivers was at... There were a number of different answers you can choose. Uh, actually, no, there is not a number. It's a multiple choice one. Which of these drivers yep. was outside the 107% rule in that qualifying? Was it Pedro de la Rosa, Charles Pick, or Noreen Cartagena? Cucumber Man. Uh, it would have been one of those HRTs because those HRTs were awful. Um, both HRTs. Cuthcane and... You can only choose uh, one. You can only choose one. I only choose one. Yeah, there's only one. This is a curveball. Um, I'll give you a clue. It's one of them. I've got nothing to lose. <laughs> Shall peak. No! <laughs> it's the cucumber man, Noreen Kartikian, but he was actually allowed to take part in the play in the race by the FIA. But anyway, that is the quiz over, and that is pretty much it, unless you have anything to add, Josh. That quiz was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyway, I hope you um, did enjoy chatting as much as I did. Um, thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed yourself a little bit there, Josh. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure, man. It was good, uh, good chat. Thanks for um, thanks for having me on. Uh, pl absolute pleasure. And if you guys uh, haven't or want to watch more of Josh's videos, he is five hundred thousand views away from ten million views on YouTube, which is pretty insane. Um, so you can go and check him out. I will leave his social media and everything in the description. Uh, Josh, can you remember your tags off by heart? Ah, uh, I think I changed them to um, 
Josh Rivel YT. I'm pretty sure on Twitter. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the same on Instagram as well? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think I have changed them both to be that. So. And you can also you can find uh, all of Josh's links. Um, I'm sure in his video description. Uh, do make sure you buy some Lord Mahavil merch. Or if you're like me, you can be a subscriber on Patreon with my uh, awesome support of Josh Rebel. Um, anyway, but if you, <laughs> if you guys are on Spotify, um, please do drop a little follow. Uh, if, and if you're on Apple, please subscribe and leave a five-star rating. That does help me out. Uh, if you're on the other podcasting things, I have no idea what they do, but do something good. Um, if you're on YouTube... Um, subscribe because a lot of you are not subscribed um, and please do like um, if you enjoyed it and dislike if you didn't but you better not have enjoyed it um, comment down like the video and subscribe <laughs> for this boy don't be a master <laughs> comment down below uh, what are your thoughts and that's pretty much it for me um, stay safe everyone and I hope you have a great day wherever you are bye bye